and welcome to episode 66 clickety clicks of the Massive Attack podcast. I'm joined with, as always, with my co-host Joe. Hi Mitch, how are you? Not too bad. And we are up to the letter G if we're going alphabetical, which we are. Mm. And the letter G. We didn't start a movie that we gave up on or anything. No, we drew out of the hat and we committed to guerrilla films. Yes. Now, just we're on the same page. We're not talking about films made without permits and... Oh, aren't we? No. Oh. Is that right? No. <laughs> we are talking about the big hairy beasties, right? We are. Yes. Big ass gorillas. The ape kind. Yeah. Sweet. And My not favourite animal. And no, if you get, jump on Google and you type in gorilla films, it brings up some little production company from Adelaide that makes TV commercials. We're not okay. doing them either. No, we're not doing them. Okay. No, we are looking at movies featuring or revolving around gorillas of lots of different ones. Well, I hope you've seen a few of these because I just took it more broadly and to gorillas. So I've got this little factoids about apes and what well, they're in in see, popular culture. But that's okay. Between the two of us, we should hopefully enlighten somebody. One of our 22 listeners hopefully will be enlightened. <laughs> well, I thought, being the fact that you are a big fan of gorillas in general, yep. you would have more of a knowledge of gorilla movies than I would. I've seen a few, yeah, but yes. not rewatched in the last fortnight, no. Okay. Well, I have gone back and watched a few. Yep. And... Well, we should start with King Kong. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say maybe we should go back to where it all began for Giant Gorillas and back to a little film that came out in 1933. And if you go back to what episode? I don't know. It was a while back, If you go it? back to one of our very early episodes, so it's probably not on iTunes anymore, but it is on the webpage. Go check out where we had friend of the show, Joel. We went to on an excursion we that we like to do to the Asta, and we saw King Kong. And, and Chris, Freaks. And Freaks, yes. Mm. So um, if you want to hear us talk about the original King Kong, go back about 50 episodes. Yeah, I think it was a while ago. Mm. Yeah, I think it was early on. But I think as far as giant gorillas in movies, you can't really go past King Kong. When we originally tossed this idea up of having a movies about gorillas, King Kong was the first thing that I thought of. Yep. And I think that we can kind of tie it in with the fact that there is a new Kong at the cinemas out now, as we speak, which I haven't seen. And neither have I. So, no, yes, so in, in typical Massive no. Attack fashion of us picking a topic where none of us have actually done the research... Mm. But maybe we should go and watch it. and then I do definitely yeah. want to see it. It's just getting the time. All right. So let, let's start with the 1933 King Kong. Yeah. He is a pretty big fuck-off gorilla. Yeah. And for the time, it's very good stop-motion animation. Oh, it's still good now, but, I mean, it's obviously stop-motion, you know, but it's it's amazing. Yeah. And he has a, a certain look about him, the old Kong in this movie. Mm-hmm. He is slightly less gorilla-y, if that's a, a word. cartoonish. Yeah, his face is a bit different. Yeah. The nostrils are bigger. Mm. But again, the, the stop motion, the whole aggressiveness of the giant gorilla. In the, so, yeah. If you want to hear about our talk, we talked longingly and lovingly about the 33 King Kong. So, yeah, we're not going to go too much into 33. And in the in the 50s and 60s, there were sort of really cheapy drive-in sort of quality or Japanese King Kong movies out there, like Godzilla versus King Kong. Not official, but they are out there, but I haven't seen them, so I'm not going to comment on them. But there was a remake of King Kong back in the 70s with Jessica Lange. Now, I don't think I've seen this. I don't remember seeing it, but you have. I watched it just recently, and it's pretty similar to the original King Kong as far as the fact that they are on a boat going to an island. Only, I can't remember in the original if they're trying to find an uncharted island because of oil deposits or something, but that's basically the story of the remake. Well, towards the 70s, it probably was oil. And Jeff Bridges has kind of stowed away on this ship because he wants to film some documentary type stuff. Sailing away with me. And and he looks very 70s. He's got that wispy sort of shoulder length long hair, beard, and just... The dude. 
He, he looks a bit like the dude, only a little bit skinnier. Yeah. And, you know, no one pissed on his rug. <laughs> but they, the premise is they're on this boat. They find out that he's a stowaway. They're a bit upset. They think he's being a corporate spy for another oil company that wants to cash in on this oil or gas or something, I think it is. But, yeah, they think he is, and he's basically telling them, no, I'm a, I'm a scientist. I'm here because I want to check out this uncharted island. And then they progress a little bit further, and they find a lifeboat just floating in the middle of the ocean, which has Jessica Lang in it dressed in an evening gown with you know fancy jewelry and stuff and apparently she's fallen off a yacht because <laughs> i think she says they were watching like the rest of the crew and the the people on the yacht were watching porn films and she didn't want to watch it so she went and sat on deck and then fell off in know, a boat in a boat okay. or something i don't know but yeah it was a bit convoluted i think but anyway they take her to the island and they kind of try to tell her not to go on the island but she goes anyway the natives get restless and kidnap her and try and sacrifice her to the giant gorilla which obviously is kong the effects in it aren't quite up to scratch now i think they are very 70s effects yeah and yeah the story goes along they capture uh, I, mean, kong. I mean i've seen i've seen footage of kong and the big animatronic head and his animatronic hand yeah it, how do they is, do the full body kong i, I don't really remember them doing that many full body shots okay so that's all i think it is all close-ups of just you know jessica lang standing next to a giant hand and you know next to his face and stuff but similar sort of story they bring kong back to america or new york which is in america yeah last time i checked did you ask new yorkers they probably say they're separate from you no well yeah they bring him back to new york he goes on display the flashbulbs set him off he goes a bit nuts kidnaps Jessica Lang and climbs up the Empire State Building. Not quite as iconic as mm. the original with the biplanes flying around and stuff, but... Helicopter shoot him down, I think it? it was a helicopter, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think for the purist in me, I would go the 1933. Heck yes. Because it's No just, one talks longingly yeah. about the 70s King Kong, and nor they do really about the 2000 King Kong, which... Well, 2005 or 2005, three, yeah. yeah. Which I was super excited about seeing when it came out. It's like the guy who did Lord of the Rings and all that, he's doing his passion project. He loves King Kong. He's going to go out and make a love letter to the movie that got him into making movies. And it is a longest, drawn-out piece of shit. Not... That's going too far. There's great bits in it. Unfortunately, there's a lot of padding in between. See, I really like the fight with the dinosaur in the new King Kong because the 70s one didn't have that. And it's good Mm. that they put that back in. Yep. The fact that it's a three-hour movie and I think it's about an hour and a half of on the boat getting to it. It takes forever. By the time they get to see Kong, you've nearly finished the whole original movie. That's how long it takes to get there. Mm. And it's building up characters for no fucking reason. It's just way too much. You time that down to a nice 90-minute movie, it would be awesome. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it was just way too bloated. And it was one of those times where I was in the cinema and I I had to leave to go and have a piss. It was that long a movie. I think I might have had a couple of beers beforehand because you were driving that night. But anyway... (laughs) And then, just to throw some dispersion on Northland Hoyts from 2005, my chair collapsed halfway through the, the second half of the film. Wasn't the Palmer before? <laughs> it might have been. Yeah. But anyway, that, that's my memory of Kong. Yeah, so less said about that, the better, really. So that's Kong, the granddaddy of them all. But you'd say not long after, but it's actually 16 years after the original King Kong, there was a little movie about an animatronic ape bigger than the average ape, not quite as big as King Kong, called Mighty Joe, which you've seen. And Animatronic or stop motion? You stop motion, same. Yeah. same. Yeah. So yeah, I'd heard of Mighty Joe Young. I'd never watched either the original or the remake, so I went back and watched the original. It is quite an interesting film. It starts off with a little girl living in Africa, and I think her dad's 
a missionary or you know, some sort of explorer. And the little girl convinces two natives that if she trades them some stuff, they should give her a baby gorilla that they're carrying around in a basket. So she trades in some fake jewellery and you know, costume jewellery sort of stuff and her dad's maglite sort of torch or the equivalent that they would have had in 1949, like a big-ass flashlight. Yep. And these two flashlight. natives... Flash, flash light. Flashlight. Yeah. So yes, these two natives are quite enamoured by the flashlight. Flash light. <laughs> and they give her a baby gorilla. Her dad then comes back and sort of says... Where's my flashlight? Yeah, what, what's going on? Why have I got a gorilla? We can't keep him sort of thing. And she's, you know, probably eight or nine at the most, maybe even younger. And she convinces the dad that, you know, they should keep this gorilla. And She's very convincing by the sound of it, this well, girl. it grows up and there's a bit of a, a time jump. And we cut to when she's sort of late teens, probably early 20s. She hot. In 1949 standards, probably. I don't know, she looked all right in black and white. But she has now got this massive big-ass gorilla who is probably three times the size of what a normal gorilla would be and is, again, stop-motion animated. And it's not quite as good as King Kong was, but it's still convincing. There's a few good scenes where like men are climbing up the side of a hill to try and capture this gorilla and it's like leaning over the hill and, and poking them and stuff. And there's another bit where they're throwing chains around him and hitting him with sticks and it, it looks realistic enough. But similar to the story of King Kong, a movie producer goes to Africa and sees this girl with this gorilla and convinces her that they could become stars in America. So she goes over to America and there's a bit where she's you know, playing piano in some sleazy sort of bar and then the spotlight comes on and the gorilla's actually standing on stage holding the piano above his head. That sounds um, really cool. Yeah, sort of paraphrasing the movie, there's some hoods that are there that are kind of giving the waitress a bit of a hard time and the owner of the club tries to kick them out but instead they go backstage and get the gorilla drunk and then the gorilla goes on a little bit of a rampage. Mm-hmm. And it, it's an interesting way of filming because it's a black and white movie, but then there's a fire and the movie for about 10 minutes near the end turns into like a red and white movie oh. or black and red movie, more to the point, where everything has this sort of red tinge to show that the building's on fire and Joe becomes a bit of a hero. That's the name of the girl, Mighty Joe Young. He becomes a bit of a hero and saves the day. Now, conversely, the remake, which, which I, I also have watched. seen, yes, so I can I can join you on this one. I saw it at the drive-in. Oh, did you? Yeah. And I was making that car rattle. Were you? The sound? No. (laughs) Because we'll get to it. Well, same essential plot. White girl in Africa grows up with Joe. Who and is in the movie. The remake is... Shalice Theron. Yes, that's the one. I was about to try and pronounce it, but you know I can't. Yes. And she, she, she's grown up with Joe. And then all of a sudden, some poachers are after him. And Bill Paxton's after, you know, sort of, I can help you. We could, No, he's, he needs to live in the jungle. It's like, well, you've got people coming after him. They're going to get him if you don't. If you come with me, I can at least give you a good home in a proper... Not a private zoo, but, some, you know... A, yeah, a sanctuary sort of thing. Sanctuary, that's what yeah. I was looking for. Yeah, so I was like, come with me so she begrudgingly agrees so she goes there with joe and joe only trusts her that's all well and good poachers are after him they really want him and they get to a point where they do trigger him get him drunk or not do they get him drunk essentially they they trigger him that he goes on a rampage oh my god joe's bad we gotta destroy him no but then joe saves some kids on a on a ferris wheel and this is where i got the car rocking because i love gorillas and i i'm trained that the animal is going to die at the end because of King Kong. Yeah. Yeah, spoilers to everyone. He dies at the end. Except King Kong leaves, they brought him back with a giant fucking pacemaker. 
I remember. That's the only <laughs> bit I remember from that one. That was 85, I think they made that. It was meant to be a sequel to the 70s King Kong, where they brought him back to life with a giant artificial heart. But anyway, so I was worried. I was like, oh no, because... what? Spoilers again, there is a stage where he climbs up the side of the Ferris wheel to yeah. rescue the kid, and then he falls down, and the Ferris wheel falls on top of him. Yep. And it's like, well, oh, I thought looks fuck. pretty dead. Okay, yeah, and I was pretty upset. And he, can't, he didn't die. He was okay. And I was, go, Joe, go, Joe. And when he was saving the kids, and everyone's uplifting on the music, and I was teary, and it was very emotional. And I was going for Joe and being in the drive-in, I could yell and cheer. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I really dug that movie. And it, it is quite different to the original. The, the whole premise is pretty similar, but there's a few yeah differences in the scenes and stuff. But I really dug it too. I, I enjoyed it. And it, it kind of gave me that little pangs of nostalgia because this was the first movie I've watched with Bill Paxton in yeah. since his past. Although he was kind of channeling Rowdy Roddy Piper, I think, in this movie. <laughs> And he had AJ Styles' hair, so there you go. <laughs> Funny movie as well, because it sat on the shelf for a year and a half. Yeah. Unreleased, because Disney didn't know what to do with it. No. And like, but it was good. It was actually really good. And it was animatronics, wasn't it? It wasn't CGI? Oh, CGI. Really it, good CGI. It was, it that was very good CGI. That's what blew me away at the time. I was like, why are they sitting on this movie for so long when it, it looks amazing? It looks like Jurassic Park, because they filmed in Hawaii. Yeah. And, you know, there's bits that just straight out of that, the valley from Jurassic Park. And the CG was amazing. If it's not CG, it's bloody good animatronics, mm. but I'm pretty sure CG was really good. Okay. Well, it, and what what made dated. me think that it was animatronics rather than CG? I it think really, it's a mixture. Yeah, it really feels like it's got a bit of weight behind it. Mm-hmm. And there's scenes where, again, he's picking up chains and throwing things oh, around. Oh, he knocks stuff. the, the jeep yeah, shoulders the car and stuff, yeah. It's really well made. That's the thing. That's why I was so surprised that Disney didn't know what to do with it. And they sort of put it out eventually after sitting on it for so long, but it's I, actually I think really good. The problem is that, obviously, Disney are more of a... a I was about to do inverted commas with my fingers, but this is an audio podcast but Disney are more kids films yeah and I'm not sure if this would appeal to kids I don't know Uh, it's definitely more family than kid oriented but yeah there's no real violence in it the monkey goes on a bit of a tear at the end when when he's yeah, but, oh, there's nothing bad no. No. but yeah I, I really dug it and it was I've got it on DVD and it was actually on telly a couple of weeks back hmm. and I found myself watching it like I can easily flick channels on a Saturday night I was like no I got stuck watching my DJ Young so hmm. no I, I, I really like it yeah, I'd me, rather watch that than 2005 King Kong easily, yeah I kind of agree too where we haven't seen Kong Skull Island but by all reports it's it's what I, what we want it's, but from all reports it's better than Power Rangers yeah but um <laughs> <laughs> but it's a giant fucking gorilla fighting monsters. That, that, that's it. And you've got John Goodman and Samuel Jackson, Tom, Tom Hiddleston, yep. and John C. Riley, And it's just fun. So mm. I was like, that's what I'm looking forward to. So someone please donate some time to our Patreon so I can go and watch these things. That would be great. So <laughs> right, well, they're the giant gorilla movies, what we would call giant gorilla films. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, speaking of fun movies, the next one on our list we've got here is Congo. And I will stand by <laughs> saying it's fun. I'm not going to say it's good. <laughs> so we actually watched this together last week. Yep. In preparation for this episode. I'd never seen it. Neither I I. didn't really know anything about it, other than the fact that it was... Bruce Campbell was in it, and it was written by Michael Crichton. Yeah, well, that was pretty much all I knew as well. (laughs) And Bruce Campbell's in it for about seven minutes, if that. And probably against every other Bruce Campbell movie that he's ever been in. He is probably the least hammy actor in this movie. Pretty much. Tim Curry steals all the ham. He's, yeah, he knew what movie he was making. (laughs) No one else was on that same boat. Yeah, so Congo is... It's based on a 1980s, 81 novel by Michael Crichton, but it's made in 1995. So the technology is updated a little bit, but not 
quite a lot from what I, I actually did a bit of reading. So we'll do the plot of the movie. And it's a company is testing out its new satellite telecommunications in the Congo or Zaire. Plus they're looking for some diamonds, a particular type of diamonds. And they're talking via their satellite communications to each other and all of a sudden the communications go dead and they can't talk to them anymore and what they get is one last image and it looks like a very grainy picture of a gorilla it's the last picture you see and they can't communicate so they're going to send one of their staff this woman who happens to be bruce campbell who's who's the person they were communicating with who who died it's his fiance and they're going to send her to go get him but they need funding and they need a, a reason to go so there's a scientist who has t- taught a gorilla sign language which is all based on Coco the gorilla, which is the famous signing gorilla from still alive. I found out. Yeah, yeah, it's forty something years old, still okay. kicking. But instead of sign language, which is in the book, it's, yeah. it's, she's got a machine which translates the sign motions like a glove, yep. and it translates those motions into a voice box. So Actually, if you do a certain motion, a computer will turn that into voice. Sort of a female Stephen Hawking type voice for this. Yeah. Girl. So it's it's a pretty. Snazzy looking gorilla. Yes, it's as a person in a suit. You can tell that. But oh, for sure. I, I, I think it looks pretty good. It's made by Stan Winston, who's famous for making The Predator and Terminator. And, you know, he's won his fair share of Oscars for special effects. So they're not bad gorillas, but they are not. With modern technology, if you go look now, you know, it's sort of like... They're not the King Kong, Andy Circus motion no. capture. But I thought they were pretty good. But yes, they are people in suits. So he's feeling distressed because Amy, the gorilla, has been doing paintings. And they're all getting more and more dour and depressing and oppressive. And it's like, oh, she needs to go live in the wild. She's been in captivity too long. I've got to send her, I've got to send her back. So he plans an expedition to take her to the Congo and release her in the wild. This woman from the other company goes, I want to join on your thing. We'll pay for it. We'll go. That's fine. They don't have enough for some stupid reason. Reason. That's when Tim Curry turns up saying, I want to go to uh, whatever accent he's using. He's yeah, Russian sound, something. Sounded like those meerkats. Hungarian is meant to be, but yeah. Compare the meerkat type voice yes. that he had. So he's there going, yeah, I want to go to, to the Congo for the gorillas kind of thing. So they all go over. That's fine. They land in, I don't know which African country. I'm going to be very racist and they're all the same. They're not. And they meet up with Ernie Hudson of Ghostbusters and the Crow Home. Yep. Alumni. Yeah. Of the podcast. And he's he's the man of many accents, I suppose you'd call it. Yeah, I don't really know what he was trying to do. He kind of sounds like that well-educated African man yep. with an almost English accent. Sometimes. But he flips backwards and forwards from his American accent to mm. with like a slightly African accent to this posh sort of English accent almost in every sentence. But apparently it's his favourite role. Really? Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So he meets up with them and he's a guide. He's going to take them to Zaire where they need to go and take this monkey back. Monkey. Sorry. Clarify. Gorillas are not monkeys. No, because they don't have tails. Correct. So if ever I say monkey, I apologize. I'm wrong. They're apes or primates. Anyway, they're all primates, but these apes. The apes. Yes. So off they go. They meet up. They get caught by a bunch of people as they're traveling forward. And they have to pay bribes to the country they're in just to get forward. It just slows the movie down. Like, But you did laugh because Tim Curry got to eat like a sesame cake. And yeah. you thought it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> well, because they're eating white cake. <laughs> and I thought it was funny. It was reminded me of Django and Jay. But anyway. So they do that. Then they get in another plane. And then they fly over Zaire, I think it is still. And they get a shot at 
by the local government or whatever it is, or guerrillas with the U and E. And this is a really clever moment that I thought I thought looked cool. Yeah, I mean, it, so they got oh, they got heat seeking missiles. It's like ah, oh, so Laura Linney, who plays the woman in the movie, she busts open the door of the aeroplane, and you know, it stabilizes. Not everyone gets sucked out. It's not that bad. It's like a prop plane. It's not going super quick. It's <laughs> not, not super got high. Sucked off either, so no, <laughs> not that sort of film. movie. And she grabs a flare gun and shoots a flare out and attracts the heat seeking missile to the flare. I, I did think that was clever. I don't know if that's enough heat to attract a heat-seeking missile, but it was filmed really well. Now, mm. this film was directed by Frank Marshall, I think his name was, and I didn't think it was directed all that well. It's Kathleen Kennedy's husband. Ah, there were some scenes that, that kind of worked, like when they're on the raft and they get attacked by the giant hippo in the middle of the river. I thought that, that was scene was really though. good. Because, yeah. yeah, it's dark and then this hippo comes out and OS sort of thing. And, yeah, so this bit filmed with the flare gun was really cool. Mm. So then Annie Hudson grabs a flare gun too and they're both hanging out of this plane, they shoot it and they attract the missile that's cool but they end up having to jump out of the plane anyway so they're all parachute down and end up with rafts on a river and like you said there's a bit where there's three rafts or something I think so and they're all going down and then there's sort of almost a Jaws moment where what was that and yeah. I was thinking crocodiles yeah I was thinking crocodiles the way I'm trained is to think oh yeah, of course it's crocodiles but it was a fucking hippo it was a pretty cool scene and the truth is if if you do know hippos are fucking murderous assholes. <laughs> I mean they are worse than any other animal like they kill more people in Africa than any other animal and they are dangerous motherfuckers mm. so you know he, they captured that the, 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 that was really really cool they finally get to the camp and they find no survivors yep and the camp's ripped to shred it's like hmm okay they end up being attacked yeah, the, yeah the, like one, one of the guys gets attacked from it and sort of like okay we need to set up perimeters so to take something straight out of aliens they have laser fences they set up somehow and like, yeah, sentry guns and all this sentry yeah. guns straight out of aliens and it's like okay and yeah these gorillas sort of attack and test the perimeter essentially hmm. they survive the night and they actually find the cave they were after where these these diamonds are now I had to read the wiki because we stopped paying attention a bit towards the end <laughs> so they may have explained it in the movie I'm not sure but according to the novel and the description these gorillas are special grey gorillas eugenically created hundreds and thousands of years ago to protect the diamonds from the mine mm. so and I think there was hieroglyphics on the entrance of the mine that kind of explained that, that, that yeah. yeah so the people who, the, who controlled them and told them to do that have died out years ago but the breeding of these special apes have continued and they're still living by their training and protect the mind at all costs so these are vicious looking grey gorillas and that sort of stuff and you know Tim Curry is trying to steal them they go in there they're, she's looking for her ex-fiance or fiance well he is ex because he's dead but fiance he's the guy who was played by not Stephen Gutenberg yeah but, he was a bit of a nobody wasn't he yeah I, apparently this guy was in Nip Tuck okay. that's all I think that's all what I could read but yeah he just looked like they couldn't afford Steve Gutenberg and they got this guy. Yeah. So he just wants to find a new home for his gorilla. Yeah. And they end up in this cave. Tim Curry finds the diamonds. He's trying to get out and the gorillas attack and he does not survive. It's quite no. brutal. It is very brutal. But then Ernie Hudson and his crew and, you know, the, the scientists and them sort of are trying to shoot their way out and they run out of bullets. And probably the most brutal bit of the movie. Yeah. Laura Linney grabs one of these diamonds, puts it in the experimental laser, which is, you know, of course you do. And starts like slicing <laughs> literally slicing pieces of gorillas mm. when we were watching it I mentioned that it reminded me a lot of in Gears of War when you have the Hammer of Dawn <laughs> and basically it's just a laser that comes down from outer space and just burns holes through anything it touches and that's she pretty much just turns around and cuts these gorillas in half 
And not only that, they cause a, a volcanic eruption, as you do. Mm. So they've got to get out. She's cut a path through the... Literally cut a path through the gorillas. They're getting out. The volcano's going off in the cave, like where it is. Lava's starting to pour through. And probably the worst film scenes in the film. Like, we talked about Escape from New York <laughs> recently. And we talked about Escape from L.A. Had the really terrible lava scene. It's pretty terrible in this, too. Maybe lava in the 90s versus the thing you just shouldn't have done. Maybe. But... In this cave, there's ledges and there's monkeys. Oh, there's monkeys. Monkeys, you've said it. There's apes, you know, jumping around, chasing, panicking, all this sort of stuff. And they're meant to be falling into the lava or diving or jumping into. (laughs) So whoever the actors were in some of these ape suits weren't the best at falling, shall we say. It's just like, what are you doing? They just didn't want to take a bump on it. Yeah. (laughs) They're just um, casually stepping into the lava. Yeah, so it's... Would you call it a good, bad film? I don't know. Because we got bored. Because, I mean, you can... Easily watch a bad film and enjoy it. Yeah. You can watch a good film and go, oh, whatever. Yeah. People love this film. People hate this film. It did have potential. It won golden raspberries. It was nominated for a lot of golden raspberries. Even the ape was nominated. (laughs) (laughs) She was pretty shit, though. Oh, you hated her. I liked it. But, yeah, it's a weird one. But I I wondered about it. Because the thing with Michael Crichton is, if you read... I've read Jurassic Park. That's all I've really read of his novel. But of his ideas and his movies and Westworld and a few other things, you know, he's got some really big ideas and they're generally thoroughly researched. Hmm. So I wondered about this going, this is kind of clever. Like some of the stuff that was in this, how much was him? And I wondered if it was the flare gun with the missing... But I don't think so. But the book apparently wasn't very good because he had the idea back in 1978. He wanted to make a King Solomon's Mines movie. He wanted to make a modern take on that. And he saw the great train robbery with Sean Connery and he wanted to make a movie with him. Hmm. So he wanted essentially Sean Connery as Alan Quartermain in a, you know, an updated new version, his version of King Solomon's Mines. Little did we know that years later in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Sean Connery would play Alan Quartermain, but that's beside the point. Hmm. So this is back in 1978 or 79 when he came up with the idea. He got paid a a million and a half dollars to write and direct and to write the novel. So write the screenplay. None of it happened. Like back then. Yeah. He got paid well, but it didn't happen. He did write the novel. It did become a bestseller. Reading the reviews of the book, apparently, it's not very good. It's very long-winded and a very Michael Crichton thing as he explains the history of Zaire, the political instruments of that. But he was talking about satellites. So there was satellite communication, video communication, all that. So he likes to be a bit of a futurist in that way. So he was he was talking about that. He was talking about Coco Gorilla. So there was a sign language, but it wasn't um, yeah. electronic. Voice to text. Which in yeah. movies is, just makes it easier to translate. Instead of having, in a book, you can say, hmm. the, the ape said this. You don't yep. have to. Yeah. So ideas-wise, I think it was pretty cool as a, ni- as a nice idea, but it just needs to be tightened up. And there's probably a good movie in there. But it was certainly, apparently in the book, there was a rival corporation trying to get these diamonds, like another camp or a troop going in there to get there. So there was that whole race against time to get there before they did kind of thing. Which Yeah, I, I'm glad they didn't put that in the movie because I don't think they needed that. I think it was enough tension with the fact that they had this you know, race of weird-looking gorillas. But you kind of get your happy ending at the end. Like, they get the diamonds, they realise that the corporation's bad, so she she's the alien, shoots, she's the, a satellite shoots the satellite with a super laser. And, and Amy finds a new home with a bunch of normal gorillas. Hmm. I'm not going to say it's very 1995, it's probably more very 1985, but with 1985, <laughs> some special effects. But, yeah, I don't regret seeing it, but I'm probably not going to go out of my way seeing it any times. No. And by the sound of it, I'm not going to read the book anymore. 
anytime soon, Nene. No, exactly. Right, you talked about Gears of War. There is a gorilla link is to there? Gears of War. What's the big mech suit you run around in? Is that called the gorilla? No, it's called Silverback. Ah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Well, other than those gorilla movies, the only thing I, I think I probably should mention is Planet of the Apes. Well, there's a lot there, so we can we can talk about it quickly. Like, I haven't seen any of the new ones, but I did go back and watch the original 1968 just recently. Get your hands off me, you damn dirty ape. And it's been a very long time since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And really, the gorillas don't play major roles in that. They're more your sort of police, security, yep. army type big mm-hmm. toughs. And yep. everyone else is kind of like chimpanzees and orangutans. Yep. But I don't know. I, I can remember when I was a kid that I really loved the Planet of the Apes movies. But I think I have like a, a weird amalgam memory of the whole series as if it's one film. Well, I, I have a lot of those sort of feelings about a lot of things like that too as a kid we had we don't have the scope to compare to then yeah when you go and see star wars that's it exactly you know like i said a few episodes ago burt reynolds was the greatest actor of the world why because that's all i saw were like burt reynolds movies or cartoons so yeah. burt reynolds was the greatest still is don't get me wrong but you know when you see star wars and you want more things like that planet of the apes is awesome that's fantastical you know so you see that and anything with the apes in it was good so you, you'll see Beneath the Planet of the Apes or Battle for the Planet of the Apes and it's more apes. This is great. You know, you don't see that the quality is getting worse. Yeah. Well, see, I was just waiting through that whole movie, waiting for him to turn up on the beach with the Statue of Liberty. But that's not in the first one, is it? That's the very first one, yeah. Is it? Maybe yes. I missed that. I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't Which one did you watch? I, I can't remember. That's like the climax. That. Is it? Yes. Anyway, maybe maybe I was falling asleep. I don't know. But mm. yeah, I, it just felt long and drawn out. It's a 70s film. Yeah. It, it, was, it was that. And it just made me want to go and watch the Simpsons episode with the Which musical Planet a pretty good Simpsons episode. Mm. Yeah, so so we have the Planet of the Apes films, and they sort of... Charlton Heston was a big-name star in the first one. Oh, yeah. He gets killed Hitch. off early in the in the second one, yeah. and it's all about the apes going forward. And like I said, the quality and the budget of the films deteriorated. I think there were six films or something like oh, that. Really? And then Roddy McDowell, I think, was the through, through character, Dr. Zayas. Yep, and Dr. Zayas, Dr. And at Zayas. some point, I think they go back in time to modern-day Earth. Uh-huh. And they sort of live in that time. So I don't think I lasted that long. And then there was a TV series of Planet of the Apes as well. Yeah, so I, I kind of remember that. So they all mesh into one thing probably for you, hmm. where I don't know what I've seen or what I haven't. I just know as, there's a lot. As far as the new ones, you've seen most of all, those? All of the new ones. So Tim Burton went and remade Planet of the Apes yep. with Mark, Marky Mark. And the special effects are amazing. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about that film. Right. Well, I haven't seen this. Yeah, but um, Michael Clark Duncan's a gorilla in that one. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Helena Bonham Carter's a chimp. Tim Roth's a chimp, and he is great. Andy Serkis is very good as Caesar in in the modern, the very recent Planet of the Ace films yeah. with motion capture and that. But Tim Roth is still pretty damn good as a chimp in, in that Tim Burton films, but I cannot recommend that film. Okay. It's, it's, it's just, no, don't bother. But the new ones are really, really good. So I'm looking forward to the very next one, War for the Planet of the Ace. So. All right, now you- You've, you've got a bit of a run sheet here that I didn't have that has a bit more about well, just, apes in movies. Just oh, well, that, that, That's pretty much it for movies. There's Planet of the Apes, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Muddy Dragon, King Kong. Yep, You're not going to mention this. Johnny and Singh? I did think about it, but no. <laughs> no um, so, but 
Let's talk about some TV characters that are, that are, that are, do you know any off the top of your head? Magilla Gorilla. Oh, all right, I'll go to cartoons. Right, yep, let's go. Magilla Gorilla, yes. There is another who is a, who's just a gorilla. Yeah, Magilla Gorilla. He was in a pet store yep. and it was, it wasn't sold. Like people bought other pets and they didn't buy him. I, I don't, I never got that cartoon. There's a lot of Hanna-Barbera I don't get. They that was one of those ones where there was like three cartoons in one show. Was that yeah, again with like Huckleberry Gator or, or any of those? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah Squidly yeah. Diddly? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is there, there's another Hanna-Barbera ape. There is? Yeah. Maybe he could be purple. Would that be Grape Ape? The Great Grape Ape? Bigly, bigly. Was yes. he a gorilla? Or was he just like a giant chimp? I'd say gorilla. Because he had, like, skin-coloured hands. <laughs> <laughs> He's also giant purple, but okay. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, the, the realism in Grape Ape. It's just not right. Yep. Tarzan cartoon had a gorilla called Turk. Was that the one that was made by the same people that went on to make He-Man, the mm-hmm. filmation? And the, the intro at the start's almost the same as he Pretty much. Now, Optimus Primal. If you watch the Beast Wars, the Transformers show where they were animals, Optimus Prime, the leader of the... I forget what they were called in that, but the Autobots, the equivalent, was was an ape. I don't remember that. Yes. And yes. I've watched a bit of Beast Wars. Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys. Uh-huh. I just I don't, do not remember a lot about that show at all. And it's not really a cartoon, but a TV show for kids. You had the banana splits. Yep. And Bingo apparently is a gorilla. Well, see, I wouldn't you, have picked that have picked it. He was orange and had big teeth. Yeah. So there's that one. The, do you remember the Ghostbusters? The real Ghostbusters? Well, the cartoons, the real <laughs> Ghostbusters. The live action TV show that's based on from the 70s was the Ghostbusters. No. And that's Tracy. Okay. Tracy was a gorilla. In we that have one. mentioned this before about these multitudes of multitudes of different Ghostbusters cartoons, but I don't remember. And the last one from TV, I do know you know this one. Lancelot Link, but he was a chimp. He was a chimp. No. Muddy Bush. Oh, of course. Solo. <laughs> yes. Who gave out sage advice in the show. <laughs> See, that's made me want to go back and watch the Muddy Bush again. Now. Yeah. So TV had their fair share and cartoons had their fair share of it. There's um, computer games. Obviously, Donkey Kong. Of course. And all the iterations of Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Donkey Kong Island, all that sort of ones. Yeah, pretty much. And there's also apparently in Overwatch for anyone who plays new games, there's Winston, who's uh-huh. a gorilla, which I would definitely play that character if I played that game. But there I'm probably four years away from that. <laughs> um, there is there's a great scene speaking of gorillas in Hollow Man have you seen it is that the one with the uh, Kevin Bacon going Kevin Bacon's invisible? wang yes yes, 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 yes. Well, you can narrow that down because Kevin Bacon's wang's in a couple of movies isn't it <laughs> wild things yeah mm. yeah but the opening sequence in that is hor- scary as they're testing out the invisibility serum or whatever on a gorilla why you do it on a gorilla I have no idea and it works so you've got an invisible gorilla <laughs> that gets out in a lab and basically it's destruction and it's kind of scary saying alright this is a you know a murderous feral beast thousand pound of muscle yeah that's invisible it's like that's cool so I think that's a good movie in itself uh, mm. actually Murder on the Rue Morgue the classic story it's about a gorilla mm. I just remember that literature as well not only everything so um but now I'm going to go into my love of comics okay now oh, I'd say it's around the 60s maybe the 50s yeah there was a, like one of the editors of the comics that kids love gorillas kids love monkeys put a monkey on the cover so this was back not when storylines are important it was more like what the you had to sell comics. And each comic was its own story. It wasn't an ongoing story arc or anything like that. There was no canon or anything like that. It was just like, this is this week's story oh. or month's story. And it's like, kids like monkeys. Put a gorilla on the front. So there was a lot. Okay. So there's actually quite a lot of gorillas. All right. Because the only thing I could think of in comics-wise is probably Gorilla Grodd. Yep. Famous one yeah. from The Flash. But not only there's Gorilla Grodd, there's also Solovar. And there's um, Gorilla City, which is where all the smart gorillas live. Mm-hmm. And Solovar is the leader of that. And in 
the latest, in the last month of recording this on the Flash TV show, they fucking went to Gorilla City. That's pretty cool. It's fucking awesome. The fact that they can do that now in modern TV. It's great. So there's that. There's Sky Ape. These are just ones from different ones. There's Gorilla Boss, which is one from the Batman era. Judge Dredd has Don Uggy Apollino. He's a good gorilla. Yep. There's Congorilla. Mm-hmm. Now, Congorilla is a comic where, almost like the Phantom, it's a guy who lives in the Congo and he sort of helps out the people there. He gets given a mystical ring. If he rubs that ring, he sort of changes his brain or whatever, goes into this giant golden gorilla in the jungle and goes off and go, go do stuff. Go, Congorilla. You rock. There's Titano, which is the Superman's evil or you know, villain gorilla because everyone had to have one, obviously, because yeah. it sold books. Doom Patrol has Monsieur Mala, mm-hmm. which is an intelligent homosexual gorilla created by an evil brain in a jar. He was a member of the Brotherhood of Evil. So, yes. Yeah. Doom Patrol is a pretty crazy book. The Ultra Humanite, which is another Batman slash Justice League villain, which is a super smart big gorilla. So, yeah. Comics do love their gorillas. I think everyone As loves do gorillas. I. Exactly. And I think the fact that gorillas are so iconic. And they like us. And people don't we know We share 98% about DNA. I thought that was chimps. <laughs> we went all the way through this episode talking about gorilla movies and we didn't talk about gorillas in the mist. Because I don't want to see it. No. I like well, fun you gorillas. You can't see them because they're in the mist. Because <laughs> right, it sounds it. sad. It's no, got the screen reference. It can't it. be good. Yeah. I'm sure there probably is other movies oh, of course about is. gorillas that we didn't notice. But yeah, we pulled up G, we got gorillas, and there's a band called the Gorillas, which we could have done all an episode all to that. I know. How many times have you seen them live? Once. Oh, I thought you'd seen them more than once. No, just once. Very good. I've got their DVDs. They're funky. I have respect for girls because my wife god bless her for my birthday she used to massage or she still massages but one of her clients was a gorilla keeper at melbourne zoo and she organized to go the behind caged area for me to go and see the gorillas and that was pretty damn cool i respect those motherfuckers because they're big and they're fucking scary (laughs) yeah when you're that close and this is the angry one that throws shit at people i don't know if you if you don't know there's a there was an ape at melbourne zoo was it missouri or something no missouri is the baby the first one born there it had actually mesh up around the cage because it used to get angry and throw shit at people which good on it it was probably bored yeah yeah so it's a big silverback and i'm in there and i'm looking at the bars on the cage going are they big enough are they thick enough and he's watching me he's there and he picked up sugarcane we're talking an inch and a half thick two inches thick thing of sugarcane put it in his mouth and just broke it (laughs) It's like, fuck. You know, you try and bend that with your hands. He just went, crap. So it's like, all right. So we're just chatting away. I'm talking to Uli and all that. And we're there. And we're sort of not paying attention all of a sudden. And he goes, like, runs to the door. It's this big metal door. And kicks it as loud as he fucking can. Just to get my attention. Because mm. you weren't paying attention? It's like, what the fuck? Scared the yeah. shit out of me. It's like, oh, he's just testing you. It's like, okay. So gorillas are awesome. Do they still have the gorillas in Melbourne Zoo? Or have they all moved out to Werribee Zoo? No, no, they're still in Melbourne. Mm, okay. It's been a long time since I've been to the zoo. Mm. But yes. I'm a friend of the zoo. Are you? Like a friend of Dorothy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm sure you are. All right. On that note, Mitch, unless you've got anything else to add about gorillas. Uh, uh. Uh, No. (laughs) So if you have any feedback for us, if we've missed a giant gorilla movie, and I've just realized we did miss one, but we haven't watched it. And that was, I think it was the 60s and it was Kanga the gorilla or something like that. Conga. Yeah. The the photos look terrible. But it was that typical movie poster with the yellow background with the large image in the middle, just like Take the 50 Foot Woman. Anyway, if you have any other feedback movies we should have watched and we we didn't, jump on our Facebook. We are facebook.com slash the massive attack podcast. Jump on our website. We are the MA podcast dot 
podbean.com. Leave us some feedback. We don't chill our Twitters enough very much, so we have a Twitter, which is the MA Podcast at Twitter. Mm-hmm. And you are... Blockbuster J. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I am Trash71 on Twitter. So if you want to drop us a Twitter and tell us what idiots we are and we've forgotten you know, such and such movie, go ahead. We've lost our way. We have. Yeah. We should go back to doing food because that was more fun. <laughs> Who knows? Have you eaten fried chicken since? Uh, yeah, I had KFC. Okay. I don't think I have. Uh, yeah, I did. I had KFC. Oh, cool. So that's alright. And we will be back in a couple of weeks. For H. Yeah. Or H. H. Herbs. Uh, or herbs. We're not going to do dial H for hero? Because it's got a fucking H in it. H. Herbs. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, but there's plenty of things we could be doing for H. We could go food again and we could do hamburgers. Mm. But you only eat meat and cheese in yours, do you? Still a hamburger. <laughs> and there's no ham in a hamburger because it's not ham. It's actually named after where it was bur- built in hamburger in Germany and it's got to be beef there Sorry. you go on that note done thank you Mitch <laughs> see we, don't, you later. we don't need to do hamburgers you've just covered it all now <laughs> yes we'll see you in a couple of weeks bye bye
Shabbat <laughs> Shalom.